0: Uh, I'm thankful that you're here. How many of you are uh, ready to eat, though? Anybody? I mean, it's early, but who, who could eat right now? Okay. Well, I'm. I was told just to keep speaking until I get two thumbs up that all the food trucks are ready. Okay, so it may may, may be a while. Uh, actually, I'm not telling the truth there. I'm lying. Uh, but my name is John. For those of you that don't know, I am blessed to serve as the pastor here. And I am just thankful that you are here today. And I'm thankful that I'm not in school anymore. Can I get an amen to that? All right, I am also thankful that my, I don't have to get my kids up every day and sit in a pickup line or a drop-off line. Can I get an amen to that? I am enjoying this stage of life. I don't, I remember, of course, you know, several years ago when my kids were younger, uh, it was a little different dropping them off uh, and uh, picking them up. It wasn't quite, I don't remember the line. In fact, when we lived right over here on uh, Country Creek, walked my son down to Meadow Creek Elementary School, and it was nice not to sit in a long line. How many of you parents dread the drop-off and pick-up line? Anybody? All right, and raise your hand. It's okay, the, the administrators are not going to, they're not taking notes, they're not going to come after you, all right? Uh, but we want to take just a moment this morning to honor some of our special guests, and uh, so I know right here we have our school administrators and school board. If you serve as one of the school board members, would you stand? We want to honor you today, all right? Go ahead and stand. I know you don't want to, but it's all right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for honoring us, honoring us with your presence. And I'm thankful for Crowley School District. Uh, I have been a part of the Crowley School District for a long time. We, I moved here in 1997, and uh, my kids both started kindergarten at Meadow Creek Elementary just down the road here, and I'm thankful for them. And I served many years as a student pastor here uh, at Hallmark and serving the Crowley School District, I can remember when there wasn't a North Crowley High School and when that all started. How many of you were here when it was like, um, it was a mess to be honest, like the, the Crowley High School versus North Crowley High School when it first started? How many of you were here then, all right? So some of you were actually students back then. And, uh, but I also remember going to Crowley uh, High School and I was pretty popular then. Uh, because I would take, me and Ryan Whitley would take about 50 tacos from Jack in the Box at lunch. And you become popular when you, when you show up with tacos. And then we would show up with like 10 large pizzas. Man, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. And then we went to North Crowley and when, when it opened up and they would let us come on campus. And then a few years after uh, being able to do that, it, everything kind of shut down. And they didn't let us as a church go into the schools anymore. Uh, And and they had their reasons, and I wasn't there to argue that. It just was a reality of the situation. Uh, But then in 2017, uh, our uh, new superintendent of Crowley ISD, Dr. McFarlane, came into the district and opened the campuses back up. And asked for us as a church, and not just our church, all the churches, faith-based initiative of opening up for, because what he understands is that uh, students in all walks of life need good influences in their life, and they need, they need God in their life, most importantly. And so he has invited us back into the school district, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he's, he is, uh, has enough wisdom. Every time I've heard him speak at any platform, any way, shape, or form, he's always quoting Scripture. Now, he doesn't say, you know, like John 3.16 and, and give you the... He's just like incognito quoting scripture as if he thought of it or something, you know? But I know enough of the scripture to know, oh, I, I know what you're doing. I like it. I like it. And so I just want to share... Some of you don't aren't aware of what... Uh, the Crowley School District has allowed us to be a part of. And so I just want to share a few things. Every month, uh, Allison here puts together student of the month bags at several different of our elementary schools. Uh, pre and post COVID, that has looked differently, but the school has continued to allow Miss Allison to do that. Uh, we also this year were able to go into several schools and serve breakfast on the week of Thanksgiving just to thank all of our, our teachers. And on uh, Wednesdays, one Wednesday a month, we get to go to North Crowley High School and we cook waffles for teachers, right? Aptly named Waffle Wednesday. How many of you like waffles? All right, we got to take a vote. All right, pancake or waffles, okay? Who says pancakes? Who says waffles? Oh, 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 this is close. All right, you need to look around on this. All right, who says pancakes are better than waffles? Raise your hand. Man, who says waffles? Oh, I think waffles win. All right, waffles win. Hey, the truth is, waffles gets my vote, but I'm not turning down a pancake, I can tell you that, right? Now, I don't eat pancakes without one specific thing on top of them, peanut butter, all right, peanut butter and syrup, you guys are way too excited about peanut and syrup, I'm just telling you that, how many of you have never had peanut butter on your pancake or waffle, oh, I'm enlightening you today, you, just try it, okay, try it, IHOP's going to be busy, all right, Sometimes I take my own peanut butter to, to IHOP. I'm telling you way more than I should. We were a part of Panther Olympics where we get to serve the special needs students. And if, if, you're, if you want to be a part of a great event, let, let us know. We'll get you plugged into the Panther Olympics. Um, and then this year we had our next man up. And I want to say thank you to Janice. She's right down here. You want to wave at us? I'm going to embarrass you. But let's give her a hand. Uh. She's, she's kind of the liaison between the faith-based programs, churches like ours, and the school district. And so she, uh, this year, I mean, she worked tirelessly to get over, I think it was over a hundred students that came to the Next Man Up rally. And they heard the gospel because of this lady right here. Uh, and I want to say personally, thank you, publicly, thank you. She, she told me that, that God had put on her heart that we she needed to come up with some way to get kids off campus around other influences. And she's like, I'm going to do some kind of rally. I'm going to do something. But she didn't know what. She didn't know who to talk to. And like two days later, if I'm remembering this right, I sent her an email about the next man up rally. And she's like, oh, he's doing all the work. I'll just, I'll be a part of that. But she, seriously, she emailed every principal. She talked to every counselor. She set up buses, and she got kids here to hear the gospel, and so thank you for, for doing that. And so, again, we're, a lot, we're thankful that the school district is allowing us to be a part of what they're doing. You and I, we, we all know that um, life can be difficult, can't it? Raising kids can be, can be difficult. Being a kid, a student today, it looks different than, than it did when I was a student, and, and it's difficult. And so I'm thankful that we get to partner with them and and, and share the responsibility of, of raising students, as our mission is, to find and follow Jesus. Um, and I've recently, we have another special guest that I've recently got to know. And, and so we actually have, um, because we're, we're only doing this for your benefit, we want to make sure that all the food is ready when we get out of here. We're going to have three different speakers today, Okay. Uh, yeah, you could clap for that. Um, and, the, and the first one uh, is our uh, Fort Worth Councilman District 6, our district. I just recently met Dr. Williams. Uh, of course, he grew up in the Crowley School District. I think he went to Meadow Creek also. I graduated from North Crowley High School. Did I get that right? All right, very good. I had this like little doubt in my head that I was going to say the wrong high school and he might come up and tackle me or something. But Uh, I appreciate Dr. Williams, and he's a man of God, he's a man of faith. His dad is a Baptist preacher right there uh, in Burleson, and uh, and he may leave a little early because dad said get back to take the offering, am I right? And so I appreciate Dr. Williams. Would you give him a hand as he comes and just shares a little bit of what God's put on his heart today? (laughs)
1: Thanks, man, I appreciate you coming. Yes, sir. Good morning, Hallmark. Oh, come on. My dad is a Baptist preacher. Good morning, Hallmark. Good morning. Awesome. Um, it's such a pleasure to be in the house of God. Um, Pastor Haley, thank you for um, celebrating uh, our kids, our students, our administrators. Um, it's such a blessing uh, to share in this work with you. And thank you for uh, shepherding this flock. I really appreciate our friendship and for what you do. Um, Dr. McFarland, I see you. Thank you also and to the Board of Trustees of Crowley ISD. Um, thank y'all for all of the work that y'all have done. Um, it's because of the work that y'all do that um, folks like me get to stand and do things like this, so uh, I'm truly a product and a testament of the incredible work that y'all do, so thank y'all. Let's give Crowley Ice another hand of applause. Um, Pastor Haley, I'm going to uh, say something jokingly. Uh, the waffle pancake thing didn't help my household. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized something new about my wife. She loves pancakes over waffles, and I like waffles over pancakes. (laughs) So we're going to have a long talk on the way to the next church service. (laughs) Okay, I need counseling off of that. (laughs) My lovely wife is here, Sosha Flowers. Um, We are expecting, and um, we have a baby girl on the way, January 11th. Her name is Janelle Lissette. Lissette is Hebrew for God with us. So um, thank you, Sosha, for being here. I have two testimonies one i 'm um, a little a little shaky today because yesterday um, my wife and I were on our way to celebrate her aunt 's um, birthday, and um, we were stuck in traffic, and God told me to look in my rear view and I saw multiple cars getting hit, one flipped over. Um, but for the grace of God, um, I, I turned and got out of the traffic um, right where the car landed. Um, And so um, God is always with us. Thankfully, no one um, was hurt. Everyone walked um, away from that with no life-threatening injuries. Um, And it just so happened that a police officer was right on the shoulder and came uh, to check on everyone. Um, So um, I'm thankful for God, thankful for my wife um, and our uh, soon-to-be baby girl here with us. And so, um, you know, God is just so good. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a second testimony in a little bit, uh, but I just want to share a little bit about my story. Um, I grew up here, as Pastor Haley said, um, not too far in Meadow Creek. How many folks live in Meadow Creek? Where are my Meadow Creek folks? Okay, I see a few. <laughs> I grew up in Meadow Creek, um, son of two educators. Um, my mom um, was a third grade teacher for most of her career in Crowley ISD. She taught at Meadow Creek. Um, Deer Creek, Pointer, a lot of elementary schools in Crowley ISD, and my dad was also an educator. Um, he just retired recently um, as a eleventh uh, grade English teacher from South Hills High School. And growing up, um, my parents uh, had a lot of important values then still in me, um, one uh, being you know the importance of faith, and um, two, the importance of education. Um, And three, the importance of living life on purpose and living life bigger than for something like me, myself, and I, right? Um, And I see so many young students here who are probably getting that same um, set of learnings, right? The importance of faith, education, um, and living uh, in connection with with our purpose um, that's given through Christ. Um, and, And that was so important to me, right? And so just to share a little bit of a testimony that happened this week, and I told Pastor Haley that I did. Um, Monday, uh, there was torrential rain, right? Um, There was flooding all over the place, Um, and I work at Tarrant Area Food Bank, um, and it's right downtown, just off of White Settlement Road, and my wife, I see Pastor Haley there. Hey, buddy, good to see you. You were hiding on me. (laughs) I saw you laugh when I started this story. And, um, yeah, so I work at Air Food Bank. It's downtown. Uh, Some of the infrastructure hasn't caught up with the amount of growth that we see. And um, it was flash flooding everywhere. And Monday was a really, really important day for me and my family. Um, My wife was having her 20-week appointment. um, And I called myself just stopping by the office. And then I was going to run to the 20-week appointments where we get all of our scans. We get a video of the baby in the womb, all of that good stuff. Um, And as soon as I started to walk out of my office, um, there was flooding everywhere. Um, One of my coworkers' brand new BMW in the middle of a roundabout on Vasek um, basically stalled out in about three feet high water, and I was like, "Oh Lord, I'm not gonna make it." (laughs) Um, And after a bunch of um, um, courageous conversations with my coworkers, we all mustered up the courage that I could make it through the waters in my SUV. Um, And so I did. I got out in the water. Um, I got really, really nervous um, because it was almost up on my hood. And I I got scared and I saw a little bit of an island of a parking lot surrounded by water. And so I got on the island and just sat there. Um, I I told myself I couldn't make it. And uh, I got out of the car, got into the water and tried to test the water a little bit. And I got even more scared. So I got back in my car and just sat there. By this time, I'm totally late. So she texts me like, where in the world are you? <laughs> and um, so when she texted me that, I got back out and tried to test the water again. Um, was scared all over again. Couldn't do it. So I got back in my car and I started feeling something on my leg. And I looked down and it's fire ants on my leg. A big swarm of fire ants was floating in the water, I know, hit my my leg, and now I'm in the car with ants in my pants. (laughs) So I I have to get out of the car, and I'm not going to tell you what I did, but I guess y'all can imagine what I did. Here's the councilman in the middle of a parking lot with ants in his pants. (laughs) I got back in the car without pants, needless to say. And by that point, I am just deflated. Um, I see car after car, mostly trucks. We're Texas, Fort Worth, Texas at that. Lots of trucks just blowing through this water. And I'm telling you, by then it was about, it was at least three feet high, and I didn't think I could make it. And I I even saw a few Corollas, and I said, okay, well, if the Corolla can make it, I think I can make it in my SUV. Um, And I remember talking to myself and also God and saying, "Um, God, if you send an Atlas— That's the car I drive. I said, God, if you send an atlas through this water, I'll follow. And I sat there for 20 minutes, and y'all would not believe it. A red atlas (laughs) drives through the water with no problem. And so I said, okay, I have enough courage to get out there. And I got out of the water. I got out into the water in my car and made it through. Um, It was probably one block worth of a very hard drive, but we made it through. And as soon as I got on dry road, God whispered to me, so it took an atlas. <laughs> it's going to hit y'all later. <laughs> God said, so it took an atlas. And for me, um, you know that, that, that brought something really deep to me. I was convicted for the rest of the week, first of all. Um, I had to come back to work. And all of the folks were like, we saw you stuck on the island for a while. I said, yeah, I was praying for a long time for an atlas. Um, but the takeaway was, you know, be open to where God is leading you, right and and that no matter what it looks like right in the physical realm, God is at work for our good. now I 'm not telling you to go drive in flash flood waters if you hear an inkling of a voice that says, "Go," um, but what I 'm telling you is to stay open to the voice of God, especially for our littles, right especially for our scholars, especially for our educators, oh, precious baby. I can't wait. Um, But, yeah, be open to where God is taking you, and especially for my scholars. Um, Never in a million years um, would I have imagined that I would be the first person in my family um, to earn a doctorate degree. Um, And God carried me on an amazing journey and going to Fort Valley State University, um, which is a historically black college and university, um, on a 100% scholarship. I wasn't the smartest one in my class, but God saw fit um, to make that happen. Um, same with going to TCU for my master's, um, full ride. And I didn't realize you could go to school and get a stipend and get paid to go to school. And all three degrees, God provided that for us. right? Never in a million years would I have thought that I would be able to break a, um, a ceiling in our family that opens even more doors for baby Janelle. Um, and then never in a million years would I have ever thought that I would be able to serve um, as the youngest council member in the city of Fort Worth, serving the neighbors and neighborhoods that raised me I'm in mean, so many folks in this room. Um, and that's not to brag or boast, but that's to say um, that, you know, be open to where God is leading you, because more often than not, uh, if it, it, it's not going to be probably what you thought he's going to take you, right? Uh, my dad always says, God doesn't want to drive if your hands are on the steering wheel um and so for my my young scholars um be open to where god is taking. There's going to be um a lot of opportunities, a lot of challenges. I mean believe me, in my life there's still moments where I'm stuck in the closet um curled up saying I don't know if I can do it. Um but god has made you capable, right? And if god is for you, um nothing can be against you. And so that's my prayer for all of you um who are um in school. Um for all of our educators, thank you um for pouring into our kids. Um, It makes a world of difference. Um, I've I've, um, had on my heart for quite a while um, that, especially in Southwest Fort Worth, God has called us um, to reclaim our youth in so many ways, and we are the village that um, can certainly help our children um, grow and thrive and be all that God wants to be. Um, So thank you all again. Thank you, Pastor Haley, for um, allowing me to share two testimonies. Um, Thank you for consoling me uh, earlier this week uh, when I was convicted about how it took an atlas for me to go out into troubled waters. (laughs) Um, And just thank you for the ministry that you lead here. It doesn't go unnoticed, um, and it's deeply impactful to our community. So thank you all. Happy Back to School, Blash. Have a wonderful year. God bless y'all. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Great job. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for the mental picture with ants in the pants. I like it. I like it. He, he told me that earlier in the week, and I was like, you got to share that. So that was, that was awesome. And uh, what, a great, what a great truth, right? If, if God says go, go, go. And I'm thankful. Again, I'm thankful that God has put people in leadership in our district, in our school district as well, that, that uh, know God. Because uh, God can change everything, can't he? Uh, And again, we're going to talk about that a little more in a a minute, but I pray today that if if you have not had an experience with God, you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, that today would be that day, because He can change everything for you. Uh, And again, as I mentioned earlier, I'm thankful for Dr. McFarland. He, again, as I said, has opened up our school system uh, to have influence and allow us to have influence there, and uh, trust me, um, that's important. It's valuable, and, and we're thankful for that. So would you welcome Dr. McFarland to the platforms he shares for us?
2: Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Oh, yeah. You, know, you ought to be happy because you're here today. So if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face should surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. All right, all right. It's definitely good to be in the house of the Lord today. Let me ask a question, though, before we get started. How many of you all have a boat or have been on a boat? How many of y'all have been on a boat? All right, all right. So you all that have a boat, take the rest of these people out on a boat if they didn't get ready to hear. How many of you all have been on a boat in a storm? All right. How many of y'all feel like over the last two years, three years, even this year? How many of y'all have felt like you were on a boat in the midst of a storm? I think if we all think long enough and hard enough about our own lives, forget about the world. Probably within the last two to three years in your own personal life, you've probably been on a boat. Because if you're on a boat, you can't necessarily see the bottom. You know you're somewhere, but you can't necessarily see the bottom, so you're surrounded by uncertainty. Right? Sounds familiar? Like you don't necessarily know. And then if you're on a boat in a storm, that's even more unsettling. Right? So I grew up in East Texas. And in Jasper, actually, and we, we had this big lake called Lake Sam Raven. Anybody know about Lake Sam Raven? All right, yeah. Big, the biggest bass you're going to catch is going to be in Lake Sam Raven. We spent a lot of time on the lake. Like every Sunday after church, we went to the lake. That's what we did. We had boats, we went to the lake. And I had an uncle that I would always go with, but this uncle would always go before the crack of dawn. So he fished, at, he fished either early morning, right, because that's when the fish bite, right? or late at night. And so understand we get on a boat, he take me and my cousins, we get on a boat, but before we got on the boat, he taught us how to use the anchor. Because we were going out on the boat in the night or in the morning. And you see, it's, it's one thing to be on a boat and you can see a storm on the horizon, right? You can kind of prepare for that, you can get everything in and get on back in. But what happens is if you're fishing in the morning or you're fishing at night, or if you're fishing when the fish bite, normally when, the, when it's raining and you can't, that's when the fish, so you're fishing during that time, you can't always predict what's gonna occur. And if you don't know how to put your anchor down, what'll happen is your boat will start to shake back and forth with the waves, and you'll start to drift. And there are certain parts of the lake that you don't want to have your boat in because there are stumps under the water that you can't see. Y- y'all with me on that? Some of y'all been on a boat know what I'm talking about, right? It looks smooth on the top, but you know don't put your boat over there because there are trees under there. And if you're mo- all right, all right oh, that's too much. Okay, all right. Let me, <laughs> let me try to remember what was. It. Okay, yeah, all right. So we would we learned how to put the anchor down because what we realize is that if we're in a boat and a storm arises, then we gotta have something that can hold, that can stabilize us, right? What I tell you is that we all have been in a storm over the last two to three years. We've all been in that storm. And what I submit to you is that the storm may not be over. But what we do know is this. If you put your anchor down and you anchor your soul in the Lord and in the word, then you may be shifted back and forth. There's going to be still uncertainty. The winds may blow but you won't be removed because you'll be anchored in the Word of God, amen? amen? Now, if I could sing, we all have gifts, and if I could sing, then there's this song, I, don't, I didn't get that gift, not to sing in public. I can sing great in my bathroom and great in the backyard, but not in front of people, right? But this song says that my soul has been anchored in the Lord, y'all, y'all know that song, right? It's, it doesn't say that the wind stops blowing, it just says my soul, been, and if the wind does not, stop, does not cease to blow, then my soul is still anchored. And so what I want you all to understand is that they introduced me as, as superintendent of Crowley D. But let me give you all a hint. I am a Christian camouflaged as a superintendent. Yeah. And the things that we do and the things that we say and the decisions we make, they are anchored in the Word of God, I'm also blessed and fortunate to serve with a school board—a school board of believers. Would well, I want my school board to please stand again, just just one more time. Thank you, board, for just allowing us to us to serve. And here's the deal: we've not had conversation with each other about faith. Because here's the reality. If you are a child of God, people can see it in your actions. They can hear it in your words. We are to be, we're called to be the, arm, the hands and feet, the arms and feet of God. And that's what we're doing, we're doing here in Crowley ISD. That's what we're attempting to do in Crowley ISD. Thank you, Kershner. He's our communication, our chief of communication. And Kershner helps us to continually get the word out about the work that we have going. So appreciate you, Kershner. And then I want to identify Miss Lane, because there's got to be, there has to be someone with the responsibility to keep the connection between our ministerial lines, between, between our religious leaders and organizations, and our school district. And Miss Lane does an out, outstanding job with that. We thank you, Miss Lane. We appreciate you. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, as I was thinking about, like, what I was sharing with you all today, uh, for some reason, that storm, you know, analogy came up, it came on my mind, and I don't know what it means. All I know is that the word doesn't go out void. And so someone in here may be in a storm. And I just want you to understand that God is present during your storm. He is, he is omnipresent. That God is, he is omniscient. He is aware of what's going on. He's all-knowing. He knows what you're going through. And he is powerful. He has the ability to change whatever situation you're going through if you anchor yourself in his word. That means reading the word, studying the word, listening to the word and depending and standing on that word. You know, in Cry Last D, our mission is to ensure that all of our students reach their full potential. And so when I begin to think about that word potential, I think about a seed. And so I, I, I was looking for seed this morning, and I have objects that look like seeds, and so I want to use these, right? So this is a seed. Our children, when they come to us, they look like a seed. This is what they look like when they come to us. You see, and when we talk about this idea of potential, potential is not something that we can see. Potential is within. But we, what we have to do is we have to work and cultivate that seed so that that seed can, can be all that it is, 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 is challenged to be. What I know is that God don't make any God. Doesn't make, God, make, God uh, creates us with purpose. And the reality is, I got a couple of, uh uh-oh, Pastor, I may may, put a little flowers on your stage, but I don't think it'll hurt. You see, the challenge for us is for us to take our children that appear today as seeds. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. Like, you can't see your child today and know what they're going to become. But you, Hallmark, Cryolized D, working together. If we work together and provide the right conditions for our seed, then it can end up, Being a nice, beautiful bouquet just like this right here. And our goal is to make sure that all of our students, all of our students, are able to reach their full potential. We cannot do that operating alone. It takes all of us working together. Does that that make sense, what I'm saying? Like, we all have a role to play. Like, we look at the seeds, we look at the seeds, and some seeds will look like that when they get done. Other seeds will become... You know, some seeds will become teachers. Others may become preachers. Others may become city councilmen. We don't know. Uh oh. <laughs> Guy got it. He'll take care of that. Just, <laughs> just don't walk right there, Pastor. <laughs> All right. And so I get what I'm, the point I'm really trying to make is that even in your own house, like you don't know what your child is going to be. But if you can anchor yourself in the Lord, we know that, God, that, that the good Lord has plans for us to prosper. We know that the righteous has never been saved. And his seed won't be a bread. Y- y'all, me on that? We know that we are supposed to be our brother's keeper. And so even if the seed is not connected to you, then what you do is going to end up having a benefit to us. And at the end of the day, our community will look something like this. We also have a slogan in Crowley that says, act like a family and work like a team. So let's go to Nehemiah really quickly. And, and Nehemiah was, 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 you know, he, he kind of, he was working, he was uh, in, in, the, in the court of the king and he was a, a cupbearer. He was living pretty high. He had all the trappings of success. He was next to the king. Now, he, he did have to test the food out and if it was poisoned, he, he was going to die first. But, but outside of that, he was, he was close to the king, right? Like, he was living large. He, he was eating ribeyes and all that. He, he was right there next to, next to the king. But what Nehemiah did forget, he didn't forget about his people. He didn't, he didn't forget about his family. Although he had made it out, he had achieved success, he didn't forget about the people in his hometown that hadn't achieved success. Many of us have reached a level to where we are okay. And if we don't do anything else, we're okay. But there are people out there that are suffering. And I thank God that Hallmark, I, think, I thank God that you all have stepped up consistently and not only took care of your own, but you're taking care of the community. Pastor Haley shared with you just a small portion of what you have done. You see, you're taking that spirit of Nehemiah. I mean, Nehemiah wasn't happy just being okay with himself. He felt like there was more work to do. He, he understood that in his hometown, the walls were down. So he requested to the king the permission to go back to his home and rebuild those walls. But when he got there, he was strategic enough, and he understood that, you know, I can't tell everyone my vision. I got to understand that everybody's not going to go with me. Well, when Nehemiah got there, he understood this idea of act like a family because he had care and concern. And he also realized that if I'm a family, if I get families, if I can understand that families can work together for themselves and for each other, And I put the family right here. Your job is to build just this portion of the wall that's connected to your family. Does Does that make sense? Like, my home is right here, and so my job is to build this portion of the wall. And the next family, he set them right here, and their job was to build this portion of the wall. And they're, like, everybody wasn't charged to do everything, but everybody was charged to do something. And so when you talk about a family, what you do, what you understand is that the responsibility is for us to take care of each other to love each other, to ensure that each other is safe. And so he acted like a family. He understood this idea of acting like a family. But what he also understood, that he needed to get this whole wall built. And he didn't know back then that he needed 52 days, but that's all he needed. Because he had a plan. And he set these families up, and he had the, and he had the, the, the person who was, who was defending, they had a shovel in one hand and a sword in another because they realized That just having a plan is not enough. You also have to be strategic enough to know that we have to act like a team. Because if we work together, we can defeat anything that comes against us. And so the reality is, homework, by doing the things that you're doing, by making sure that our kids are safe, by making sure that you share with them the word of God, the opportunities that you get, by being the hands and feet of God, you're doing like Nehemiah did. He understood that you have to act like a family. We care about each other, but we work like a team. we focus on a common goal. In Crowley ISD pastor, that's what we're attempting, attempting to do. And I just simply want to say thank you to Hallmark. Thank you for always stepping up. Your, your, your children are graduating. You're gone. You all could go on and do something else. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. But you do because you're a child of God. And I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you, Hallmark, for your partnership. We love you. We want you to continue to, to wrap your arms around us. And as I close, I just simply ask you to use the number one weapon that you have. Prayer. If you pray for us and we pray for you and we work together, we can rebuild the, the walls of the city and we can make sure that Crowley, Crowley ISD, this Southwest Fort Worth is that ideal Christian community where brotherly love is, is the center and that we take care of each other. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Dr. McFarland. Um, as a parent, I am so thankful um, for a school district that our churches are able to go into, um, not only just as a children's director, I love being able to go in, but but as a parent, um, I know, like Pastor John mentioned, there are some times where schools, our churches weren't allowed in the schools, and I'm like Dr. Williams said, I'm a parent of our child of two educators. I'm married to a teacher, but education and faith is super important in our house. Uh, my daughter graduated last year from North Crowley. And, um, just yesterday, she's playing college volleyball. And just yesterday I went to see her and instead of asking about volleyball, being the mom and the education, I was like, how's school going? How are your classes? And she was like, great. She's like, mom, North Crowley prepared me well. And so thank you, Dr. McFarland and Crowley ISD for investing in our kids. So. Uh, my name is Allison Holcomb and I am the children's director here at Hallmark and I, I love partnering with our schools because my passion is kids. I love seeing kids here at church um, coming every Sunday and they get to learn about Jesus, but also that we have a chance to go into the schools and just by these gifts that we get to give our kids each, the students each month, we get to tell them a little bit about church, but also invite them um, to Hallmark. And they know that these families in our community know that there's a church here that supports them. And so if you're visiting with us we would love to have you here at Hallmark with our kids. Um, we meet on Sunday mornings. We have something very during both hours. During the 930 um, service is when we usually, you guys don't see us much in here. Me and the kids were in the other area in our family center, but we have our own children's worship service where we try to mimic what happens here in what we like to call big church. We do our music, we do teaching, we do memory verse, and then we go on to our Connect group. Our little ones from our babies to our four-year-olds, they're doing the same exact thing. They're getting to hear about Jesus. And then on Wednesday nights, we have a fun program. We start. We meet at 6.30. Once again, we have something from our babies all the way through our fifth graders. It's a little bit more, we like to call it relaxed fun because the kids have been sitting in school all day. So we like to start off with some gym time, let them get all their wiggles out and just play some games. But then we get to focus. We get to settle down and just focus on Jesus. And I love that every Sunday, our kids, um, even our students, our young, everybody here gets to hear that Jesus loves them and that they have a purpose.
4: And my name is Carlos. I'm the student pastor here. Uh, It is my privilege to work uh, at this church, but then also be a part of um, the Crowley community and being involved in their schools. Um, In our student ministry, um, kind of like what uh, Dr. McFarland mentioned, like we are here as a village to uh, help cultivate the exact same values that are being taught at home. Uh, We know that as parents, you guys are the disciple makers. Uh, And we get the opportunity to come alongside and just reaffirm those values, teach them those values, that God has a purpose. I love what uh, Dr. Williams said, that teaching them, finding their passions, their purpose, and going out and doing it. Uh, And one of the things that we push heavily within our student ministry is just community. Uh, We know that uh, specifically our middle schoolers and high schoolers um, in in this world with so many quote-unquote friends, so many avenues for them to be able to connect with one another. This generation is very alone. They feel lonely, and so we want to come alongside and provide that community. We have an amazing group of volunteers that come each Sunday morning and Wednesday night uh, and, and come and just cultivate that community, talk to them. But then we also encourage that within our middle schoolers and high schoolers that it's not just about sitting in the pews, sitting in the chairs, and listening to God's word, but let's talk about it. Think about how many times they actually get the opportunity to talk about their faith. And so we want to encourage that, and we do that every single week. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1045 as well, uh, and then Wednesday nights at 630 just for a time, again, of them being able to hear God's word and what God has for them, but giving them an opportunity to also voice that and talk about that. Good morning.
5: I'm Chad Morton, and my wife Stephanie and I, along with Carlos and Stefan and Michael and Leah Wagner, uh, we help co-lead, kind of tag team lead the young adults group here at Hallmark. And um, the reason all of this is so exciting but also so necessary is because Generation Z, um, they profess to have, um, or less than 2% of them profess to have a uh, to be Christians or have a biblical worldview. And, and the significance of that number 2% is if you look at uh, missiology missions, then um, when, when we get a people group with less than 2% of professing believers, that's called an unreached people group. So really Generation Z, and that includes our students also up into our young adults, um, They would be considered an unreached people group right here in our community, and so it's so important for us to reach out and have a place for them, um, not just in you know when they're in school, but also as they graduate out and go on to college and into their career. It's important for us to have a place for them, and so we um, have been uh, having some midweek events for them for the last several months, but. Now we're ready to launch a um, Sunday morning connect group. We'll be launching that on September 11th. It will be in FC 104, and it will be for ages 18 to 25 uh, of our single young adults. And so um, we are excited to have them uh, join our adult connect groups on September
4: 11th. And again, we, we wanted to highlight each of these ministries for the simple fact that we want to let you know that we're here for you. Um, I know sometimes we feel like um, we don't know where to turn. Uh, again, as even myself as a, as a dad, as a parent, sometimes, you know, it, it does feel perhaps a little stressful, perhaps a little hard, whether it's in the, the school lines or not. But just knowing that there's people out there for you. And so we wanted to let you know that, however, you know, whatever your family looks like, if you've got little ones, if you've got older ones, or if you've got some young adults in your house, like, Hallmark is a place for you. We love you and we care for you and we want to let you know that whatever it is that you need, we are always here for you. Um, and I know this past month you've done a lot of preparations, a lot of things to prepare for school, but as um, as Dr. McFarland said, the, the number one weapon, the first thing that you can do, the most important thing that you can do is just pray. Um, And we take that as a a church. Uh, That's very important. We take that to heart. And so that's what we wanted to do over these next few moments is we just wanted to take uh, some time to just pray for your kids, your teenagers, your young adults, and your families. Um, So what I'm going to ask is if you are a kid... In elementary school, if you are in middle school, if you are in high school, uh, if you're a young adult or you are, have a fa- you know that's your family, you're in one of those, uh, if you would just stand up, and we're just going to be praying over you as a church, all right? So if you have, again, if you're a kid, teenager, young adult, and that's, and that's your family unit, all right, so mom, dad, you guys can stand up with them as well. And if you're not standing up because you don't have any of those people in your, in your family, that's fine. What I want you to do is I want you to look around and I want you to find somebody. And I want you, you don't have to know their name. You could just pray over them because that's what we're going to do. All right. So would you join us in prayer?
3: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this morning that um, we get to come together and we get to celebrate this new school year but Lord, we come to you right now, and I pray specifically for these kids, for these elementary kids, as they begin this new year, some of their, our kindergartners starting school for the first time, some finishing their last year of elementary school, Lord. I pray that you will be with them throughout this year, that um, they'll be safe, and that they'll learn, Lord, but that the most important thing, that they will remember that they are never alone. Through those, those days during, if it's testing, if it's just those moments when they feel scared, maybe there's something new, Lord, that you will just wrap your arms around them and that they will feel your presence in everything that they do, Lord, and that I pray for each of our, our kids that they will share share you with their classmates and even their teachers, Lord, that you will um, give them the courage to tell others about Jesus. And I pray for these parents. It's hard as a parent to send your, your kids to school each day and, and trust, but Lord, I pray that each of our, our parents put their trust in you, that they trust their, their teachers, they trust the school's but more importantly, Lord, that they know that you love their kids more than than they love them and that you will be with them every step of the way, Lord. We love you and we thank you for this chance that we get to come to you this morning to pray for our kids. Amen.
4: God, thank you so much for just the opportunity as a church to be able to come alongside some of these families. And Father, um, as Allison mentioned, you love them more than we do. And Lord, right now I just want to pray for our middle schoolers and our high schoolers Uh, Father, I just pray for protection over their lives. Father, I pray that you would give them um, clarity of mind and give them the strength to walk through those hallways, um, to be in their relationships, uh, in their friendships. Uh, Father, I pray that, um, that you give them the boldness and the courage to... Uh, To have godly um, relationships and be a godly influence in the lives of people that they would know that there's a church, that there's people, that there's volunteers, that there's adults that believe in you that are here for them, that they're here to encourage them, to love them. Um, but God, as I pray, give, give them the boldness to be able to be ambassadors, as your word says, that we would, they would be able to walk through the hallways, that they, when they go to their practices, when they go to, um, to work, wherever they might go, Father, wherever their feet lead them, wherever um, the, the conversations that they have, Father, just allow them to be able to impress and impact the lives of people with you, that they would see their, uh, your light in their lives, that they would leave those conversations, they would meet, leave those um, those experiences with a, a better knowledge of you, that they would see you in a clearer light. So use these middle schoolers and high schoolers this upcoming year.
5: Heavenly, Heavenly Father, we just uh, continue in prayer. And Lord, I just thank you for the privilege that it is to be a part of this body of believers and uh, Lord, for this church to be a part of this community. God, I just pray for the young adults in this church and in this community, God, that, um, Lord, that you would um, grow their faith in you. Lord, this is a, uh, can be a scary time. Uh, Lord, whatever, um, whatever path you have them on, whether it be college or career or, um, God, whether it be service in the military or service in the ministry, God, Lord, it can be daunting and uncertain and, um, God, it can, be anxious. And Lord, I just pray that you would be their peace and you would be their their comfort and their hope. Lord, that they would seek you for wisdom. God, your word says that when we seek you for wisdom, that you give it freely. And so I pray that they would seek your face and ask for your wisdom and you would give it, Lord. And um, God, I pray that you would grow their um, their love for your word, that you would give them a desire to be in your word. And as they do that, that they would grow in love for you and love for your people. God, that they would um, grow in faith and trust of you, Lord, that um, as you say, go, Lord, as you call them out into their community, that they would say, here I am, Lord, send me, and they would go out into their community and into the world, and they would take you with them, Lord, and they would be your witnesses um, to not just here in this community, Lord, but to the uttermost uttermost parts of the world, Lord. We thank you for the privilege it is to be a part of their community and to be able to help disciple them. It's in Jesus'
0: name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And uh, it's my opportunity now. Dr. McFarland almost did this for me, but those of you that are around Hallmark, you will catch on quick. Here we go. Ready? God is good. All and all the time. Do you believe that? I loved it what I heard today, and I want to say thank you, Dr. Williams, Dr. McFarland, for, uh, we know we were, sh- they were sharing a story, but they were preaching, weren't they? Uh, they were preaching. We actually, after last year, uh, had to get a new camera with a wide-angle lens to make sure we could keep up with Dr. McFarland as he was running across here, but uh, it reminded me of 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 my dad. When you said, Pastor Haley, I was like, yep, he's right back there, but he used to run across this stage all the time, too, so I am, uh, I'm thankful As Dr. McFarland was speaking, there was a couple verses that came to mind. The one was when when Paul, uh, there was like this dissension between Paul and Apollos. People were like, oh, I'm of Paul. No, I'm of Apollos. And what, what Paul said was, there's some of us plant the seed, some of us water the seed, but God gives the increase. And, and and that's what we're trying to do as a community here, aren't we? That that some of us are planting, some of us are watering, and sometimes that overlaps too, doesn't it? But what we're asking God to do in our community, in our schools, is that He will protect, that He will provide, that He will raise up a generation who will serve and follow Him. I was also thinking as He talked about Nehemiah, I. Uh, I wrote a book a few years ago called Fight for Your Family, and it was based on that story of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14, Nehemiah basically, it's like this call to arms, and he's like, stand and fight for your family, fight for the family that is next to you. And so I, uh, I had ordered a bunch of those to give away free, so if you want one, they're in the back, but there's not very many, they didn't show up. I, there's a supply chain issue or something I've heard of, I don't know, but... Grab them while they last. If, if there's no more there, there's a QR code. Scan that QR code. Give me your basic information, and I'll mail it to you when it gets here, okay? Because I, I am passionate about raising the next generation to find and follow Jesus. The, 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 the next generation is not the future. They're the present. We, ne- we need them engaged now. Now. And I'm, I'm thankful that um, my kids were raised in a church environment, in a community environment, and they had tons of adults speaking life into them. And that's what I want for your kids. You know, I, uh, I think teachers, I, I love this quote. Let me just share one quote with you. It says, teachers, I believe, are the most responsible and important members of our society because their professional efforts affect the fate of of the earth, every one of you in the room today had, you were impacted by a teacher. You know, I just a few weeks ago turned forty-nine years old, and it's it's kind of freaking me out a little bit to be honest with you. Like I realize there's way more road behind me than in front of me. You know, I'm at midlife crisis if I'm going to be living to ninety-eight. So I, you know, I'm past midlife to be honest with you, and it's kind of. But you know what's crazy is. The age of 49, I can remember my elementary school teacher's names. I'm not going to talk about the principals because we we had too much conversation. But (laughs) I remember Miss Bly, my kindergarten teacher. She was great. She resigned after my kindergarten year. I'm not sure what that says. But I remember my second grade teacher, Miss Warren remember my third, fourth, and fifth grade teachers was Miss Harris and Miss Shelton. I don't remember my second grade teacher, just to be honest with you. I'm I'm not sure what that means. I remember, uh, excuse me, I don't remember my first grade teacher. I do remember in first grade having a crush on this girl named Amy in second grade. And I'm thinking that's why I don't remember my first grade teacher. (laughs) I have one thing on my mind as a first grade boy. But teachers are important, aren't they? But, but I also want to just take a moment to kind of shift today from talking about teachers and the impact that they have, educators, to just talking to you as a parent today. Even though it may not seem like it, the reality is mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, you still have the greatest potential to impact your students than anyone else. Now, culture doesn't want you to think that. In fact, you may not even think that. Because the reality is, I mean, our students today are bombarded with all kinds of influences, aren't they? Like, there's influences everywhere, good and bad and indifferent. But the truth is, you as a family unit... You have the greatest opportunity to influence the direction of your kids. So I want to speak into that for a moment. I'm going to be short. I have so many notes I'm not going to give you, all right? But come back or buy the book. Get the book. It's free. In 1 Samuel, I love this story. And I'm going to give you just an overview of the story. There was a lady named Hannah who was desperate for a child. And she prayed and prayed. She prayed so fervently one day at the temple that the priest thought she was drunk. I don't know what that says about him or her, but she was so passionate about the prayer to have a child. And God said, I'm going to answer your prayer. And God didn't answer prayer. She actually told God, God, if you'll give me a child, I will give him back to you. I'll, I'll give him to you to serve the rest of his life. We will turn him over to you. God answers the prayer. They give this family a boy named Samuel. And don't you know this young mother was tempted not to give Samuel back. You get one little hint of that in the scripture when she says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait another year to go to the temple until you know, he's a little older and the dad says, well, just kind of make sure you remember you made a promise. She takes him to the temple to be raised by Eli. Eli had two sons of his own. And he didn't do a very good job raising them. In fact, the scriptures, God said he was going to judge Eli's sons because, the words it uses, because Eli honored his kids more than he honored God. What's scary about that statement is that in our current culture, I think that's one of the biggest issues we as parents face. We honor our kids more than we honor God. God told Eli he was going to going to judge him because he honored his kids more than God. The reality is, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, teacher, principal, administrator—you will never be the person God has called you to be unless He's first in your life, unless He's the number one priority. Well, Samuel's a young boy. God's already told Eli, I'm gonna judge you because you've honored your kids more than you've honored me. God comes to Eli in the middle of the night, to Samuel. Samuel. Samuel runs, it must be the old guy calling my name and Eli's like, I didn't call you. Samuel goes back to bed. This happens like three different times and Eli finally says, Samuel, it's God talking to you. If you hear the voice of God again, what you need to say is speak for your servant is listening. Samuel goes back to bed. Here's the voice again. Samuel. Speak for your servant, Hears. You know what God's message to Samuel was? You need to tell Eli, your mentor, your father figure, your teacher, your priest, that he's going to be judged. I think Samuel went back to bed and laid there all night a little restless. I got to do what? Now, I'm not a big fan of tough conversations, are you? I'm I'm not very confrontational. I just want everybody to like me, okay? So just, even if you don't like me, would you just tell me you like me, okay? Just pretend like it. But I I think Samuel lays there in bed all night wondering what to do, what to say, he's got to get up the next morning. And what's he got to do? He have got to tell Eli, what did God say? I wonder what you would have done in that situation. I wonder what I would have done in that situation. Verse 17 of, of 1 Samuel chapter 3 says this. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? So Eli, the next morning, knows something's up, right? He knows that he told Samuel, God's going to speak to you. I think it's God's talking to you. And, and so I'll, I wonder if Eli laid up all night wondering, I wonder what. And I think he sees that. The tension on Samuel's face. Like, I don't know, you know, it's not like the normal good morning and they didn't get the cold brew out. I, I don't know what they were doing back then, but they, whatever was normal it didn't seem normal. And I, I think Eli sensed this. And Eli says, and he said, What is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me, all the things that he has said to you. Here's a teaching moment. Eli has been the spokesperson for God for many years. There's a transition now. Samuel is now going to be the spokesperson for God, not Eli. So Eli still has a responsibility to teach Samuel when God speaks, you better listen. And whenever God speaks into you, you you better do. Tell me what you're supposed to tell me, Samuel. Samuel. Verse 18, then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the, so, so he, hits, he tells him, your, your sons are going to be judged. And you're going to be judged because you honored your kids more than you honored God. And then here's the response that Eli gives after hearing the news. It's the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew, verse 19, and the Lord was with him. Let none of his words fall to the ground. So three things I want to teach you. I want you to share with your, your students, your kids, your family. The three most important things as parents that we can teach our kids. Number one, listen to God. Listen to the voice of God. You might have... Ants in your pants, stuck in the in the water. If God says go, go. Listen. You know what? I, you know what I found in my life. It's hard just to be still enough to listen. Listen. Pause. Take a breath. Listen. Mom, Dad. Teach your kids to listen to God. Get in the word. Read the word to them. Number two. This is really simple, guys. Listen and obey. Teach your kids to obey God. That's what, that's what Eli told Samuel. Samuel was a little apprehensive. I don't know what to say. I don't know if I should tell you. It's not good news. Now, what Samuel did not know God had already told Eli this. God had already told Eli he was going to judge him. Samuel just didn't know that. That's why it was easy for Eli to say, "Hey, don't withhold anything. It's a teachable moment. Listen and obey." The third one is just to submit. What was the words Eli said? "It's God." Let him do what seems right to him. The greatest thing that I can do as a dad, a husband, a pastor, a community leader, a friend, a co worker. Submit to God's will in my life. Mom, Dad, here's a reality you cannot pass what you don't possess. If you are not actively listening, obeying, and submitting to God every day in your life, don't expect your kids to. You know, lessons are most often caught, not taught. Listen Obey and submit. You know the greatest things that my parents taught me. I'm, I'm thankful for my parents were people who loved Jesus. I'm thankful for that. You know the greatest thing they taught me. We say it all around. We say it here all the time, and and, and I think it's really fitting today for back to school. They taught me the ABCs. Do you guys know the ABCs? Do you? Yes? No? Shake your head? You guys are just thinking about food trucks. I know you. I want to teach you the ABCs. Is that okay? Then we'll be done. Is that good? Kids, are you guys still awake? Yeah? That's awesome. Mrs. Yeats is awake today. I see you. A. Hey, this is what the Bible says: Admit you're a sinner. For all have sinned. Fall short of the glory of God. Admit you're a sinner. It was easy for me to admit it because there was a lot of evidence. Right? Admit you're a sinner. B, believe Jesus died for you. Listen, students, parents, teachers, God so loved you that he gave his only son. That whoever, that means you, if you believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. Or eternal, I'm not sure what translation is up there, life. Admit, believe, and see. Confess. Confess your faith in Jesus. You know what Jesus said? John chapter 14, verse 6. It seems like I quote this about every Sunday. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. And I am the life. No one gets to Jesus. No one gets to God. No one gets to heaven. No one gets forgiveness. No one gets salvation. No one gets reconciliation. No one gets redemption. No one gets God except through me. That's what Jesus said. I wish there was a lot of ways to heaven. I really do. But what Jesus said is there's only one way way. It's through Jesus. It's it's confessing that Jesus is Lord. It's confessing that you believe the only way to get to heaven is through the work and the person of Jesus Christ. It's it's very easy to do. The Bible says if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you will be Saved. Today, you could do that. Today, you could admit, you could believe, and you could confess, and you could walk out of this room knowing that you're going to have everlasting life.